Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you tune in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I am joined by our very special guest, Jane Erbacher. I've nailed the last name. We've just gone over this for the last couple of minutes and I was highly stressed about making sure I didn't fuck it up and I didn't. So You did really well. We're like, we're 10 out of 10 already. Wow, good. Welcome. <laughs> Thank Welcome you. to the show. Thanks. Thanks for coming in today. It's, um, I've, I have been really looking forward to this. We caught up the other week and had a bit yeah. of a chat and yeah. fuck good chat for Ever. hours <laughs> yeah. and hours. So we probably should have just recorded our conversation then to be Actually perfectly honest. Actually should have. But um, here today, so... Let's make the most of it. Yeah. Um, how's your morning been? Actually, really, really good. I um, actually started doing Pilates this week. So I've been a little bit of a, like, uh, like not an anti-Pilates person, but I just haven't ever actually prioritized it. And lots of friends are really obsessed with it. And I've been like, yeah, maybe it's not really for me. I went on Wednesday and completely Before had on. my... Yeah. Had my life, like, my mind changed completely. So... I um yeah I went to Pilates this morning at six a.m. Yeah, so, how was, was it? Good quite stage. luxurious. Yeah, really, really good. I've um never really used my my glutes and core so much, so I'm feeling like I've got a really strong booty right now. How good? <laughs> yeah. So for the the uh, the listeners at the moment who don't may not know who you are, yeah, want to give us a bit of a rundown on yes. who you are. Yep. Um, so we can go into more detail as we go I on, know. but just give us a. I've noticed because um, I love your podcast, I absolutely love it, and I know that you like to keep it to around twenty minutes. So I'm no gonna, stress. We can go uh, for as long as cool. you want. Well, we've well, got forty minutes, so let's be honest. We can't go longer. Than okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, people will probably get bored of me um, by then anyway. But I guess um, I. So I'm from Melbourne here. I don't. I don't. I never know where to start when people ask me this question. Um, I've worked in the fitness industry for like fifteen years, so which gives you a clue of. Um, which decade I'm in and um, basically I started working in fitness because as a teenager I was super super sporty and got very self-conscious about my body kind of in my late teens and uh, so I decided to do what any 17 year old would do and become an aerobics instructor and I yeah so I started to be an aerobics instructor I actually was an aerobics instructor for about eight years and the main reason though that I exercised um, sort of in my late teens early 20s was um, because I didn't want to be fat and I was really, really worried that um, I was getting fatter and so I thought what I needed to do was just exercise more. So I became a very um, successful overtrainer, under-recoverer, um, definitely tried to solve the problem of weight by exercising more yeah. So um, and really realised only you know, in the last couple of years that that's absolutely not the way to do it. But it, it really took me a long time and so I think that a huge goal for me is to educate people on the best way to do it. And I think that just sidetracking uh, the question you asked me, that's why I'm really drawn to you because that's what you're doing. Like you've simplified it. You're making it easier for people to actually do what they need to do and feel the way they need to feel. So I um, was an aerobics instructor for many years. Uh, when I was about 21, decided that I wanted to go to university. I didn't go straight out of school, did an arts, health sciences, double degree, wanted to be a physio 
decided at the very end of that double degree that I didn't want to be a physio and I wanted to be a human rights lawyer. So actually started a law degree, yeah, which I'm now two. I know, completely. So um, And so I'm two subjects away from finishing that now, which is pretty cool. Um, in 2013, I opened my own gym here in Melbourne. So I owned a, owned a gym for three years. Um, which is called? Business partners. It was called Field and Function. Sweet. In Abbotsford. Yeah. And um, I left there in 2016 and it didn't go the direction I wanted it to go. Owning the gym, partnership was difficult. I just didn't, it didn't, I really did invest in that business as if it was the rest of my life. Like yeah. without a doubt, I'm born to coach people, train people, help people. Um, as cliche as it sounds, find um you know, their most confident and best self. And So when you started that gym, what was the goal for the, for the gym? I wanted to – it was really funny. So my goal was to own that gym and it was never – there's like an innate part of me that is be better every single day and for some reason I like bought the gym and thought this is what I'm going to do every day for the rest of my life. And I think what I really struggled with is I didn't create a growth strategy from the beginning. I didn't say I want to turn this gym into a – you know, an Australian-wide or, you know, global movement. And that's where I really started to need to stretch my legs. So showing up every single day and doing the same thing with business partners who were very, very happy to show up every day and do the same thing, yeah. just I couldn't do it. Um, so, yeah, so that was the goal. It was it was honestly the absolute goal I had was to give people the best hour of their day. That was it. And yeah. I knew I've known for a long time that my kind of um, – the benefit I bring to people's lives is I have a really high energy. So some people don't like that, but um, a lot of other people that, you know, puts them on a yeah. good path for the day. So okay. I felt like if I could do that, then that was a good thing. So um, yeah, I sold my share in the gym in 2016, had a massive midlife crisis before my midlife, um, got on an airplane the same day that I finished up at my gym and flew to Hawaii. <laughs> it's like such a cliche. How'd you do? Yeah. yeah. And um, I was actually going to America to um, do a fitness course called Jim Jones, which is all about the mind is primary. So it's all about your body will follow whatever your mind tells it to do. So I thought this would be a really great thing for me to do. I had to go the cheapest way there because I'd invested every cent I had into the gym and walked away with basically nothing. Um, so I flew Jetstar to Hawaii and stayed in Hawaii for a few days. And um, one of my friends was like, you need to like do this trek and like, you know, take a stick up the mountain and throw it off at the top and that's, you know, your your past and I, I did it anyway and I was like, I feel exactly the same. Exactly um, the same. Yeah. But um but I guess then just I spent tired. Yeah, just tired. I was just like tired. and sunburnt. I'm like freckly redhead. I've um, got all the good genes over yeah. here. <laughs> um but yeah, so I basically then spent eighteen months um investing in developing myself. So I did every course I possibly could. I um started a podcast, I travelled around the world um, interviewing people who I researched um, and that I found I was drawn to them because they there was an element of them that just showed how much they loved their life and I thought if I can start to research people who love their life maybe I can find the recipe for me to find out how I can love yeah. my life as well because I, I lost a lot of confidence in that business um, I, I left it feeling like I wasn't actually um, that good at what I do which was a really difficult position yeah. so I thought okay I'm going to really work on bettering myself and learning everything I can. So, yeah, and then um, I kind of came to the end of that 18 months and people kept uh, calling me up and asking me to teach them how to row on the rowing machine. And I was like, oh, I'm bloody not in fitness anymore. Like I was so like, you know, uh, fixed on not being in fitness because I felt like I'd failed in the why, fitness like, industry. Why, why were people asking you to teach them how um, to row? Because basically I uh, started to become 
really obsessed with people's technique when I was training them. About a year into owning the gym, I went from being like one of those trainers that was just like, I just want people to remember me and I just want to crush them and them to sweat and just like, you know, call their friends and be like, oh my God, my trainer's so hardcore to being like, actually, I really want people to, their body to last forever. Yeah. I don't want them to be injured. I want them to be as strong as they can be and, and move as well as they can. So I became a real technician and the rower was something that so many people kept asking me about after because they'd had such a miserable experience on it in so many places. And I hear it a lot. And it was almost like I'm a big like hippie and I think that the universe taps on your shoulder. I mean, the universe has nothing better to do than like tap on the shoulder of like me to tell me to teach people to row so I know how stupid that sounds but I think that it kept kind of being um the thing to happen and I I, it was really funny because I was like I'm not gonna be um in fitness anymore I really am obsessed with people changing their mind and then changing their body and so I teach the rower now as a tool to show people what they can do and Mm -hmm. I really couldn't care less if it was the rower or the ski erg a deadlift um or anything I want people to see from what they do, what they are actually capable of. So yeah. started a um, new business, called it Project Row because it rhymed and I thought that was really cute and um, started just running seminars. And in the very beginning, it was hilarious. I just kept inviting my friends to rowing seminars and my friends would be like, oh, my God, Janie, you serious? We have to come again? I'm like, come Not on, guys. Again. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, anyways, I started to do it and then um, sidestepped into the – teaching the ski erg mainly because I had a terrible experience on it and was terrible at it. And, um, but somebody asked me after I ran a a rowing seminar at their gym, can you do the same thing on the ski erg? And I just remember going, yeah. And then I literally Googled how to ski erg. I was like, and then there was nothing out there and I just went, wow. Say yes and worry about later on. Exactly. And so then I basically spent six months just studying this hell out of the ski erg, um, worked with biomechanists, um, took the ski erg apart completely, looked at how it was actually built um, and built out, uh, surprisingly, what's called Project Ski. <laughs> so oh, got all the projects, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so these days I, um, I've run over 250 Project Rows and Project Skis. Uh, we also now have the Performance Project. Um, I'm trying to move away from projects, but I, I am quite a project, project myself. Yeah. I don't mind a project, yeah. <laughs> so I um, travel all around the world, been across Europe, America multiple times, uh, been to Singapore. We even drove across Australia Australia last year um, with a ski erg in a camper van, which was a way better idea than in theory than it actually was. Like I had to pretend to my boyfriend that I was fine sleeping like under the ski erg for like a month uh, just because... That's some cool content out of it though. Amazing. Like it was actually amazing. And like Americans go nuts for like um, kangaroos and anything in the outback. So the fact that I was there with my ski erg, they just... It was the best thing. It was so good. Okay, even good. though it was kind of a hassle. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. All right, that wraps us up. No, I know. No, thanks for having me. This is really good. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So one thing that when, when we caught up the other week when we were talking about the rower and a ski erg that, like, I hadn't really thought about. So obviously for me, like, strength training is yeah. a huge component of what I obviously teach. Yeah. So I'm massive on teaching perfect techniques. Similar yeah. similar thing. Like, I'm huge on execution of exercise compared to just getting it done. Like, totally. From, getting it from A to B for me is just, like, a waste of time. Totally. And most people are doing that. Yeah. So with the rower, I know this is kind of hard over a podcast, but like, yeah. is there any tips that you can give? Because like so many people jump on the rower. Yeah. Whether it be for a warm up, whether it be for conditioning, whether it be just part of their workout program that they've been given yeah. to do the rower, but just, just kind of get on there and just go. Totally. Okay. So this, I love this question so much. Sorry if I talked over you. I get very enthusiastic. Um, one of the uh, ways my brain actually works is if you 
took a pen to a piece of paper and you just scribbled like just as much as you possibly could that's how my thoughts actually are processed nothing's compartmentalized nothing's linear everything's a bit of a um schmozzle but basically yeah <laughs> we should see yours I'm down control. Yeah. yeah i feel like you'd be quite compartmentalized oh, though I no. have thought, no. okay <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I thought it might be, but maybe this is the best way to be. Um, but basically the way that I teach rowing and skiing is I teach it to you with movements that you're already familiar with. So I absolutely agree with you in that getting the thing from A to B is not actually the most um, purposeful way to do it. And it's not actually the way that you are going to achieve the goal that you actually want from moving the thing from A to B. So it's like when you do a deadlift, you need to engage with the correct muscles in the correct order of activation to actually get the result that you want. And yeah. And it's like, so rowing is exactly the same. And so I think about when I'm teaching somebody rowing, the very first thing I do for them is I try to change their mind, um, uh, of the experience they've had in the past. So a lot of people have felt miserable and roll their backs hurt. Um, their hip flexors really hurt. Their quads feel like they're going to blow up. They just feel like it's kind of a waste of time and time moves very slowly. So the very first thing I want people to realize is all those things that they want, whether it's like a stronger butt, a leaner core, um, better cardio fitness, um, overall, uh, you know, metabolic results, whatever. If they want strength gains, power gains, endurance, you can actually get it on that piece of equipment. Mm. Uh, the amount of people, by the way, that ask me if I work for the people who make rowers, um, I don't. <laughs> they, 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 um, yeah, they don't have anybody like so me. Working for them, so the no, nah, there's nothing like that. Yeah. It's like, and people always write to me and they're like, can you get me a discount? I would love to. I can't even get myself a discount. I think I got like $33 off my ski yoke. So, <laughs> but, um, so basically the very first thing I teach people is that the rower, um, mechanically is designed to work a certain way. So if, and the ski is exactly the same. So if it sounds like it's being assaulted. So if something's like rattling or moving or like, assaulted. yeah, it, it actually kind of is. And it's like if your car was reacting this way, like if you were changing gears really poorly or something, you would know to change your behavior. But so many yeah. people are like, this machine just doesn't work. Um, so first thing is the sound the machine makes. The second thing, yeah, what was that? <laughs> it's not me, it's the Exactly. <laughs> I'm always like, it's you. Um, so the other thing I like to teach people is that rowing, the most similar movement to rowing is actually a deadlift. So if you like deadlifts, you are actually, you're really drawn to the rower. You should be anyway. And if it doesn't feel like a deadlift, it's because you're not doing it properly. So the very setup position, which is what we call the catch. And the catch is actually where you catch the resistance. You catch the load. When you're in the water, you're catching the flow of the water. Um, That is your deadlift setup. So you should actually be in a position where your lats are engaged, your posture is really good, your core's on, and your feet are really loaded so that you can drive through your feet. And that's the exact start of the rowing stroke. Um, the other thing that's really important to understand is your hands should be really, really light. So when you push hard enough with your legs, just like with the deadlift, you're not over-gripping the bar. You're not lifting it at any point. Once you get up into the top of your deadlift, you, you're done then. Your job is to stabilize. Yeah. Rowing's exactly the same. So it's drive through your feet and then stabilize through the hinge of your hips, and then your arms should be really, really light. Unreal. And so in terms of the skio, yeah, which a lot of people wouldn't have used because it's not really... Yeah. In many gyms. Like, it's literally been in probably one gym that I've used. Totally. And it's, like, it's in so many more these days, which is really interesting. But, again, like, it's, like, I had to Google how to use the ski erg. Like, there's nothing out there. And Concept2 have just released videos. Like, just released now. The ski erg came out in 2007. And 12 years later, they've released a, a um, technique video. Tutorial video. Yeah. But it's not even a tutorial video. It's actually just a demonstration video. And they're oh, explaining. Someone yeah, Someone doing it um, and explaining that the machine was made 
for cross-country skiers. So I think it's a really, really, really strange stance to take considering 99.9% of people using the ski erg don't care about cross-country skiing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, they don't, it's, it's just like anything else. Like we've got sumo deadlifts and, and traditional deadlifts. They both serve a purpose. And I I look at the ski erg and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. It's a training tool for cross-country skiers, but it's not the only way that a lot of people want to use it. So, yeah. yeah, So I, with the ski erg, it's basically the way I teach it is it's like a ball slam. So anybody who's ever slammed a ball, they're like my favorite exercise. Um, (laughs) It's actually, that's the entire movement. Elbows stay in tight. It's a full body movement. The idea is that it's you work your legs first because they're just like what you were talking about in your podcast the other day. They're like the cake, the meat. Uh, you want to work them first before you ask. Like you're yeah, smaller. Anyway, I'm missing Except- that episode. I apologize. <laughs> I fully loved it. I was like, sorry. I fully loved that. Just reminded me where we caught up last week and I spat on you. I'm so sorry. Twice now. I get really yeah. excited. I'm like, yeah, we need like a guard <laughs> up between me. But um, but yeah. So I think that um, yeah. It's when I'm teaching this gear, I actually find it very very easy now to teach the ski erg um i'm obsessed with systems like obsessed everything in my life even the way we pack the dishwasher is systemized which is hilarious because two years ago i didn't believe in any systems i'm like i'm a total creative i'm instinctual i'm intuitive all this and then i started to implement some systems into my life and just found that i could actually do better at everything but what i'm trying to do these days is i've tried to simplify both the rowing and skiing techniques so coaches can correct people very quickly because mm. a lot of people don't want to be stopped all the time to be corrected. They want to be given the silver bullet cue that teaches them to autocorrect themselves. And so with the ski erg and the rower, it's all about teaching people the start point, the finish point, and then the movements required to get between them. Yeah. And as soon as people can understand that and they can understand what it's supposed to feel like and sound like and look like if they're watching other people, they can actually progress very, very quickly and I think that there's this feeling in the industry that they people just kind of look at the rower and they go, like I've heard things like, oh, the rower's the rower, people aren't going to hurt themselves. And it's like they just let people kind of go and it's like we shouldn't be delivering this minimum standard. Like there should actually be, you know what, if people are getting on, even if it's just for a warm-up and they're doing deadlifts that day, why wouldn't they engage with the movement properly and then it activates the muscles they're going to be using anyway. So Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, like I've... Like, I tend to try and think, like, not that I rode that much, to be perfectly honest, yep. but, like, when I do, I try and think about how it should be most effectively done. Yeah. That's just what I do when I yeah, exercise totally. at all. Yeah. But thing, I've never really thought of it as a deadlift, but it does make a lot of sense. Totally. Think about the We're going to have to get on the row after. Are we? Like, <laughs> we might uh, <laughs> run yeah. out of time. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> okay, you're just going to, like, keep me talking now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, got a client, sorry. <laughs> um so you've obviously been, so when did you first start in the fitness industry? 15 years ago, did you say? Uh, yeah, so I was like 18. Right, and how much do you reckon has changed from oh then compared God. to now? Like obviously in terms of the nutrition and training protocols, yeah. it's, it's massively different. But aside from like the most obvious things, yeah. new programs, all that bullshit, yeah. like, how much do you reckon has changed? And do you reckon it's changed for the better? That is a, such a fantastic question. Um, I think it has changed unbelievably like it is so normal that people even just like from the point of view of it's so normal now that people have a gym membership and usually those people also have like you know a, a 
pass for Pilates or yoga or something. But it's funny because sometimes I can't tell if things have changed or if I've just changed um, who I hang out with. And so, but I think one of the really interesting things is how many providers there are for fitness professionals now. So when I did it, there were like two, maybe three. So I did my, um, my course to become a personal trainer in 2002. And it's like, it was hard to get into a course and it went for, you know, six months for um, like two days a week. And I don't know what it goes for now, but I hear these ads on the radio that's like, do you want to get paid to keep fit? And anybody who's actually worked in fitness knows that training people does not keep them fit. It actually kind of does the opposite. It's harder to keep fit. Yeah. Cause you're, you're, you're up at the time when you would probably like, you're up at the time working when you'd probably like to train. Mm. You're in a gym or a fitness environment for so much of the day that kind of the last thing you feel like doing is doing a workout. And, um, so I think that I really hate I really feel like the threshold for entry is very, very low. And I think a lot of people roll into it because they've always liked being fit or they've liked sport rather than um, they actually do want to change people's lives. Um, mm. So I think I think it's we're in a very, very interesting environment right now. And I know that you love going to America, as do I, and seeing kind of what's happening there and where they're up to because we're usually a couple of years behind them. Um, but I think that the way we are delivering health and fitness right now is pretty irresponsible. I think that um, I've spoken to a lot of people about about you and how it's like, why aren't there more Dannys? Like, why aren't there more people that are telling people the truth and actually, you know, speaking up about it and, you know, delivering quite simple training when you think about it. Like, yeah, you're yeah. not like, like yeah, but doing it really, really well. Like Do the basics work. Yeah. And so I think that there's so many people out there that think that we need to like kind of overcomplicate things, make things interesting, um, when a lot of people just need to be given the actual truth. This is what we spoke about the other week when we caught up, like how, like you pretty much just nailed it just then in terms of like in the industry when people are coming up with like new stuff, for example, like yeah, it is just like people trying to come up with stuff that's going to sell. Totally. Stuff that's different to what's out there at the moment, stuff that's like interesting yeah to it to an extent but yeah. in the end of the day like fuck we know what works and what doesn't work totally it's, it's never it's never really going to change like there's a reason why squats deadlifts bench press and overhead press and all that type of stuff are still the main exercises exactly. they always have been always will be like you can't reinvent the wheel but exactly majority of people fall for that shit like for whatever reason because yeah. whether it's because you think it's the next best thing or it's the and the people need to be kept interested. Or, yeah, interested, yeah. But like in the end of the day, like we've spoke about in terms of, you know, if you're gonna, be, if it's something's gonna keep you interested, and that's the difference between whether you train or not train, then yep. then sweet. Yeah. But if you're doing it for the purpose of it being a new thing, and you're trying to fit in, or you're trying to yep. do something that hasn't been done before, or to like, stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? It's gonna be the same shit, and totally. You're probably gonna be training to a, a lesser um, quality than what you could be. Totally. Just because, like. There's, there's nothing really like that's going to come out now that's any different. Totally. I completely agree with you. Yep, I agree. And I, it's so funny because I my uh, idea of nutrition as well is really the same. It's like do the simple things really well. And it's yeah. like simple isn't bad. Like it's like if you can cook something really well, whether it's just, you know, like a piece of steak, like that would have to be one of my favorite things to eat. And it's like 
the whole thing is has not been reinvented in any way. You just cook it really well. Mm, sorry, and it's, what was that? Sorry, vegans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry but also not. not sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not even close to. It. Someone asked me the other day if I was vegan. I was like, "What gives you that impression?" I was like, um, "I do love animals, but but um, but yeah." And it's the same with training. Like, I went to a class last week somewhere, and there were 18 different stations, and at every single station of exercise, there was like something that was just a little bit strange like it's like you know there were there was ski erging with single arm at a time and i was like honestly like if you can fuck that would have shit you oh i was just That's like yeah i was just like kind <laughs> of like you know writing my next instagram <laughs> post midway through the workout but it's like while you're doing your single arm totally <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah exactly and then it was just really frustrating because i guess i was just like why are people being sold that this is going to get them the result they want? Because mm. if you ask nearly every single person that they're in the gym, they're going to either want to get stronger, get leaner, um, get more jacked, or just feel better about their body. That's what they want. And it's like the question that you have to ask yourself when you're programming this is, is this going to get these people these goals? And in a group training environment, you're choosing somebody's goals. But I can promise you that if you ask, you know, 99 out of 100 people will have those answers. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of a hard situation because when, whenever I get asked about like PT, for example, and what I think I do well compared to other PTs, whatever, mm-hmm. same answer. It's like first, firstly, like first and foremost, I'm a trainer. Mm-hmm. So what I do is get people results. Like that's yeah. that's the main goal. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. if you're not doing that, then you're a shit trainer regardless of how many followers totally. you got on Instagram, Great. what you look like, all, all this bullshit. Like if you don't get your client's results, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's, I can see how it's easy for like new trainers yeah. or even people that own facilities and stuff like that to want to do shit where that's, that's different because it sells. Unfortunately, totally. it does sell. But yeah. in the end of the day, like if you think of it as a from a client's perspective, if they're coming in regardless of how enjoyable the training is. Like, And I think more and more people need to actually think about this like that. People that go in particular to group training classes, like mm-hmm. actually think to yourself over the past 12 to 18 months, yep. 24 months, have I actually changed? Yep. And like, how yeah. And the... Yeah, I've gone to the gym four or five days a week. Exactly. I've got some good mates, but like, is my physique, is my strength any different than what it was yep. 12 months ago? And if it's not, then fuck, change it, unless you're happy to stay the same yep. and just keep going, turning up and doing the same shit over and over again and get the same result. Totally agree with you. And that's so interesting because a lot of people will undertake this you know, uh, method, whether it's like 12 or 18 months, and they'll change and then they'll change back and then they'll change and they'll change back and they really yo-yo. And what I get the most frustrated about is that they don't end up creating a process that they can continue on and that they actually love. And I think that... Like one of the most important elements with whatever it is you're doing is that you adhere to it. And it's like if you don't like the process, if it's so miserable for a short term in that you feel so calorie restricted or the exercise actually doesn't feel good, you just won't stick to it. And I love exactly what you said. It's like can you look back on the last 12 to 18 months and say, you know what, these results like – are exactly why I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And you know what? If you're not getting the results, then change what you're doing. Yeah, it's not. That's it. It's not fucking. Again, no. it's not rocket science, is it? It's yeah. pretty straightforward. But that's but... the hardest thing. Like, it's like, it was really funny because I started Pilates this week because I'm really frustrated because I find squats so miserable. Like, my hips but, are really tight. Yeah, okay. My thoracic's really tight. Um, my ankles are really tight. I'm basically fused in the rowing position. Yeah, I need to go for a set. <laughs> anyway, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something different about this. Like, I'm actually not going to just keep trying to do what I'm doing. I'm going to do something different about it. And it's really funny because I put it off for ages and now I'm like, I'm like hashtag Pilates over here. You can't tell, but I'm hashtag Pilates. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, oh, fuck, it, it just, it, it's like makes so much sense, but like I said, people don't do enough of it. Like, 
If you're unhappy with where you're at at the moment, then change it. Totally. It's, it's actually, fuck, it, yeah. More, more people need to do it. It's yeah. like, it blows my mind how many people. And, and they don't have to change everything, though. Like, it's like, that's the funny part about it. It's like, you could actually change a little, like, 1% of something and it actually will make a really big difference. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, it was funny. I, I 18 months ago, decided for the first time in my life to count macros. And I was really like, I'm not going to count macros. I'm not going to become one of those people that just counts macros and doesn't go out for dinner or whatever else I'd convinced myself I didn't want to be. And it was really hilarious because within a month, I realized there were all these dumb ways I was just accumulating calories. Like it wasn't in the ways that I really wanted to. Like I, you know, I love chocolate and I would tell myself, you can't eat chocolate. That's what's making you fat. And then I started to realize I'm using too many cooking oils. I'm, you know, all these different little ways that actually weren't bringing any joy to my life were meaning that I was feeling really guilty about whatever I actually wanted to eat. And so actually analyzing it taught me, like I'm a huge advocate of flexible dieting as well. And it actually taught me, you know, what I was eating and what, when I was eating it and all that, and I could make easier changes. Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of people can overwhelm themselves with change being so difficult, but it's like, firstly, you or can trying to change, change everything at once. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it can just be one thing. Like I literally stopped using spoons of oil and got a spray. <laughs> that was, I think the biggest change I've ever made in my life. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it makes such a big makes difference. Such a difference. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't want to make light of it, but I ended up, you know, over 18 months losing about 15 kilos. I'm quite sure it wasn't just the cooking oil. It was 15 a, kilos? Yeah, 15 kilos. I was 15 kilos heavier. Like, it's hard to believe. Um, yeah. I was, um, yeah, I was 15, about 15 kilos, maybe 16. I haven't weighed myself in a couple of days, but yeah. 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 <laughs> Could have added a kilo yeah. there. I was listening to your podcast recently <laughs> and you were fully ranting about like, if you're going to weigh yourself, make it the same time every day or don't do it at all or don't do this. And yeah. I was like, <gasps> so it's like, yeah. if I don't it's do it first thing in the morning. Out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, nobody's completely right. Oh man. When so, I say someone walk up to the scales, yeah. the gym, I was like, oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. Because, and it, it totally, because I think for me, the way, reason I weigh myself now is because I can think to myself that I'm actually bigger than what I am. And it's important for me to realize, no, no, like you did this, you're, yeah, you're yeah. okay. So it's more that confirmation. But yeah, if, if you are setting yourself up for like failure with it, like weighing yourself at different times, you actually can't measure A versus against B. It's A plus 10. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was so not good at maths, like, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'm shit out of maths. Yeah, I'm well. probably like A X <laughs> squared. <laughs> um, before we before we wrap up this episode, because we are going to have to wrap it up in a minute. Um, obviously, we've gone over like that in terms of technique stuff with the rower and a ski, which yeah. we're actually going to. It probably won't be out when this episode comes out, but like yeah. I want to do some videos and stuff on it soon, so I'll get my video guy to come in and we'll. Get some good stuff to share because, like, it's easy to listen to it on here, but in terms totally. of like, some, it's so much easier to actually see it. Yeah. Um, but give us, let's go ski and rower, a cup, like two, like one of each, a yeah. conditioning session that someone can do. Oh, I love it. Okay. So I would probably say one of the, a really great conditioning session can also be, I'm like such a geek right now, can also be a really good teacher of how the machine works. So yeah. one of my favorite things to do for people is teach them about how the, the damper setting. So those of you who don't know what a damper setting is, basically on the side of the machine, there's an arrow that points to numbers and everybody thinks it's resistance levels because basically when it's at a level 10, it feels heaviest. So everyone thinks 10 equals hardest level. And one of my kind of missions in life um, is to uh, have people understanding that it is, it's a variable resistance machine. So the harder you push against it, the more 
air will get sucked in, the higher the resistance will be regardless of where that arrow is pointed. Um, but what that arrow does is it opens up the, the flywheel so more air can get in when it's at a 10, less air at a 1. But basically a lot of people think if I'm more jacked, I'm heavier or I'm stronger, I should go at a higher level. Yeah. Um, it's totally incorrect. So what I would absolutely recommend people do is um, you might need a pen for this. So basically it's not you. <laughs> like, I'm going to write Fun. this down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so basically what I would get somebody to do is I'd set the damper to a 10 to start with and you do a 90-second interval um, on either the rower or the ski. So you'd stick with the same apparatus for the whole conditioning session. It goes for 12 minutes, this does, um, nine minutes of work. And so I, I, you're probably going to add it up and I might be 15 or 20 seconds off. But basically it's 90 seconds Sorry. of work at that 10 and it's like absolute all-out max meters 30 seconds rest, you can program this into the machine. Um, it's really easy to program into the rower and ski, which is amazing because it actually kind of becomes your trainer. Yeah. Um, then you do a 90 seconds with the damper set to a 5, 30 seconds rest, and then a 90 seconds with the damper set to a 1. And your goal is to hit the same meters each time. So for a guy, you're probably looking at between 420 to you know 460 meters. For a girl, you're probably looking between... 330 to 400 meters. Right. Um, and then you do a set of 60 seconds at each damper setting, so 10, 5, 1, and then a set of 30 seconds, 10, 5, 1. And it's always 30 seconds rest. So 3 90, by 90. 60, 30. Exactly. Always 30 seconds rest, 10, 5, 1 for each of the intervals. And what I want people to learn is firstly, it's an amazing bang for your buck. Like you can get a really good amount of work done in a very short period of time and what you start to learn is what your body responds to in terms of the damper setting so a lot of people will find when it's set to a 10 they get the best result when the damper is sorry when it's a 90 second when the damper is set to a one they get the best result when it's a 60 second when it's set to a five you get the best result 30 second when it's set to a 10 you get the best result so people are starting to understand intensity versus volume when it comes to their conditioning um, but yeah that's a really awesome workout so that's, yeah, I'm going to give that a try. But yeah. like the, the part of that that I reckon a lot of people will be surprised with and get a bit out of. So in terms of their setting of the level. Yeah. So if you're at a five or a one, essentially it's actually harder to get the same distance. Yes, and because you have to you have to engage better with the movement. So when it's set to a 10, the load is in the handle. So it's actually really quite easy to just pull on something, but mm. you fatigue very quickly yeah. because your upper body is generally not as strong as your lower body. And so people's form will break down. So the reason I'm kind of opposed to a 10 is not – that it's, it gets you a worse result, it's that your posture gets really shitty and you just start pulling with your arms. Um, but basically what you'll find on a five and a one is you have to consciously push against the machine to get the air in yourself. So if anybody's lazy on the machine, um, they actually won't get as good a result because they'll just be like moving back and forward on the seat going, this is really light. It's like when somebody is given you know a broomstick to do a deadlift or whatever and they can't engage with the start and finish positions because there's nothing in their hands. They just yeah. don't have any kind of um, sense of... A movement when there isn't any load. Yeah, the load. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing. And so with this, most people will find it really, really challenging at first and then just want to jack it up to a 10. And if that's what you need to do, then you need to come to a seminar. No, you need to you need to yeah. learn how to row better because any result you have ever gotten on a 10, I can promise you if that's your best result, it's about 70% of what you're actually capable of. Right. So you will always produce a better result sub 10 if you are rowing or skiing correctly. Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon a lot of people will be surprised at that. So. Yeah. Um, so, guys, that that will wrap up the, the podcast. So, if you've taken some value, which fuck, surely you have because I have, <laughs> please do take a screenshot of um, today's episode and post up on your Instagram story. Tag myself. Tag Jane. I'll make sure that her 
um, social media links are in the, the show notes so you can, you can go and do that. We'd love to get some feedback. But um, like I said, we'll, we'll try and do these videos yeah, in the next couple of weeks and, and um, people will be able to see it. So eventually, once I get them done, I'll add them to the, to the show notes so when people later on down the track listen to it, they can go through and awesome. check it out. But um, thanks for coming in today. Thank you so much. And like, I just want to say, like, I think that everybody listening will definitely agree. Like, it's really, it's really great what you're doing. Like, it's thanks. really great that you're speaking up with what um, you actually believe in because I think that a lot of people need this kind of information. So it's really great. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button and subscribe to the show. Go back through and check out some of the old episodes if you haven't already. Um, Jane will definitely have to do another one um, in the near future, I think. Rowing part two. Rowing part two. <laughs> I might have to go and try this conditioning session. You, I might, know. Not, you might not be invited back. Yeah, yeah no, you're going to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Look forward to chatting to you in next week's episode.